0: This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives online. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 84. Hello my friends, how are you doing? I am really good. I am recording in the kitchen today, because my birds the birds you always hear in the background with these recordings one of them has laid some eggs in the sofa in my workroom so normally when I record I would put them all in the cage and put a blanket over to keep them reasonably quiet can't do that with the sofa she needs to stay on the eggs and her mate needs to be with her but it is like the most amazing miracle unfolding right next to my desk that I get to watch every day there are seven eggs so whether we'll get seven chicks or zero chicks I don't know but it feels like a privilege to get to watch that. So I'm in the kitchen and we are having renovation work done upstairs, so there may be the odd bit of banging, but done is better than perfect and I wanted to get this recorded and share it with you all, so I'm giving it my best. Before I kick off this week's episode, I have a couple of things to share with you. The first is a conversation I had with one of my Insta Retreat students. I've been recording quite a few of these, just catching up with people where they are now, a little while after taking the course and the amazing stuff they've gone into the world to do. So I've got the first one of those to share with you today. It's just a brief conversation with Maria, who's an artist and has such an inspiring story. And if you would like to start a story of your own, my Insta Retreat class is enrolling again next week. So if you're listening to this when it goes out, it's going to be next week, Monday the 27th of January. We've got some exciting new features. There's an all-new workbook, which is looking like it's going to be around 40 to 50 pages. You get that straight away as soon as you sign up. We're also making a members only podcast. So that's audio specific to the stuff you're learning in the course. It's going to be appearing in your podcast app just for people who are part of the class. On top of that, there is all the updates and refreshed information I'm adding to this class. Instagram keeps very rudely changing, but I am determined to keep this class always being the most up to date, the most comprehensive and the most impactful one on the market. And I'm pretty convinced that we're there. If you want to take a look at it, you'll see it all on my website at meandorla.co.uk. I'll put a link here in the show notes as well, and you'll find all the information about how you might join us. That's as much of a hard tell as you're ever going to get from me. So let's dive into my conversation with Maria, and then we'll get to some Instagram Q&As.
1: So my name is Maria, and I'm an artist. And uh, I paint in watercolors and acrylics, and I do it out of Stockholm, Sweden.
0: And your your work is amazing. So beautiful. In fact, share your Instagram name so everyone can go and check you out.
1: Yeah, it's Maria W-I-G-G-E Art. So my last name is Vigge in Swedish, which might be tricky in English. I'm not sure.
0: Can you tell everybody about where you were before you took the Insta retreat with me? Yes, so
1: I'll, I'll make this um, as short as I can, but it it is quite a long story. Um, but I have always painted always. Uh, but I always did it sort of in secrecy. I never felt like my work was good enough and especially not good enough to show anyone else. Um, but I had a need to do it. So I always painted and I kept stacking paintings up in um, my apartment. Um, and then I got an art degree in graphic design. Um, which felt like a safe uh, route mm. to be creative in, but with rules, right? So I felt pretty confident there. Um, so I did that for 20 years, and then just over a year ago, I was going to work and I listened to uh, a podcast of yours, and something just clicked like I just felt like it was time to step up and, um, and, um, and show my work
0: so you were a member of the insta retreat when was it now
1: yeah it was just over a year ago in um mid-october of 2018
0: and i remember so clearly like you you sharing your work with the group and everybody being blown away
1: yes i mean that group is like a big warm hug everyone is just so kind and generous and um wise and I felt like I immediately made friends that would be friends for a lifetime truly it it was really um,
0: amazing I feel so lucky to have that community because of course it's not really something I can control like this I'm just very lucky that amazing people are in there and are so generous and so warm and that includes you as well like it is a really valuable space for someone to be
1: yeah, I'm never leaving that group. <laughs> you <laughs> never
0: have to. <laughs> I know. Um, and so where are you now? We've heard where you started. Talk about where you've gone to since taking the class.
1: Yeah, well, as soon as I um, was done with that course, I started growing a following. And as I grew a following, I started selling paintings. Um, and I would sell them immediately um, before I even had a website up. And I was selling paintings all over the world um it was quite inc- incredible and and i was blown away of how fast and easy it was um and um i think to the day almost a year after i opened that account i um i was able to quit my day job <laughs> and do it time it's amazing <laughs> oh my gosh i mean i had no idea this was gonna happen and um I'm having the time of my
0: life. I really am. I remember you saying, like, your dream, you just wanted to be able to paint all day. You just wanted to be able to do what you love. And is that what your days look like now?
1: Yes, yes. I mean, that's exactly it. I I, uh, I can do whatever I feel like, and and, uh, people buy my work. It's just incredible. It's I'm so, so self-
0: I know. So, what would you say to anyone who is on the fence about using Instagram, or maybe on the fence about taking a program like the Insta Retreat to help them be more strategic?
1: Apart from the community, which is reason enough to join, we talked about that. But but then the course—it's just so thorough, and it goes through everything from the technical bits to how to get photo properly and how to um, being creative with imagery and how to create that super important community. Um, I mean, it becomes a big part of your life, um, which is amazing. I don't know I I could not have done Instagram without this course so I would not be here had it not been for that course so I'm extremely
0: grateful Sarah. Well I am so grateful that you made that decision because it's just a tragedy to think about your work sitting piled up in your apartment instead of out (laughs) living and breathing on people's walls and what's next for you what have you got anything coming up have you got another plan another thing to conquer? Uh, yeah i keep getting asked to
1: um teach so i'm creating e-courses right now um so um those will be ready to go in about a a month or two i think
0: that's so exciting and are they for complete beginners are they for artists
1: yeah it's gonna be both um i truly believe that anyone can paint i really really do we have um for some reason we think that creating art is something we're just supposed to know how to do. And so when people paint, they get frustrated and disappointed because it doesn't come out perfect at the first try. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just think that uh, we need to learn how to just enjoy the process of making art. Most people do, um, and not worry so much about the outcome. Um, and then, um, just, just, um, keep working at it so it's going to be beginners courses and it's also going to be uh, more
0: advanced courses and I guess you know from your Instagram community who needs what and you will know kind of how to pitch those two things because I know like a problem a lot of artists have is they get followed by other artists who want to see what they're doing but they're not necessarily going to be buying an awful lot of your work
1: right yeah that's that's it's absolutely true thing is I feel like I have colleagues online now that I chat with every day. I don't feel lonely in my studio anymore because I have so many artists around me. Um, so that alone is pretty amazing. But then I get a lot of questions about techniques and things like that. And so this is a good way to to be able to
0: share that. I think it's a brilliant idea. I can't wait. I think you're going to be flying. So yeah, we'll probably. <laughs> I probably need to have you back on in a year on the podcast yeah, to please. catch us up on everything that's happening because... Yeah. That would be lovely. I don't see this slowing down for you anytime soon. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Amazing. That was so great. I think you're going to inspire so many people because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who like think it's for everybody else and feel like they're too, they're too shy to even put something up.
1: Yeah, I think that's the barrier. You just have to, um, you just have to do it and you have to, because from, from all of the posts that I've made, um. I have yet to have one single negative comment. Like, people are so kind and gentle and encouraging. And um, it's just, it's just, uh, there's just love on there. I'm so so surprised.
0: What was your biggest fear? Were you like, people might think, people might tell you that you weren't good at it?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about showing your art. You're so afraid that people are going to judge you um, from, from, uh, from your just... You know, they think that that the artwork you make um, uh, tells tells people something about their character or something, and and if it's not technically perfect, that that's going to rub off on them as a you know a person.
0: Interesting. That yes. Sense.
1: Um, so that's that's the biggest fear of, of people
0: thinking that you're just not good enough. It's it's sort of like I always think. Do you have shows like the X Factor over there, where it's like yeah. TV talent shows, and they always show those people who have no talent and have no idea they yeah. have no talent? And I yeah. feel like that, like showing those, has done us all so much damage because exactly. that's exactly. what we're frightened that's exactly. <laughs> We're scared with that clueless person who thinks they're the next exactly. Rihanna. <laughs> do you think you are? <laughs> well, you are the next Rihanna, but of the, pain- of the painting oh, yeah. world. Thank you so much for your time. This meant the world to me. Like your email just had me so emotional. So I'm...
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, seriously, this, I had never seen this coming. Never. I mean, I never thought that posting an image on Instagram would change my life. And that's truly what happened. I mean, it's just, it it, it blows my mind.
0: Where can people find more of your work?
1: Uh, I have a website. It's com um and uh, and on instagram
0: i'll put the link to maria's instagram in the show notes as well so you can all head straight over and take a look and now let's get to some instagram questions so today i thought i would just run through some of the questions i've been hearing recently about instagram some of them are kind of frequently asked questions and i also did a bit of a shout out on twitter and on my stories and collected some of the questions there And if you have an Instagram question that we don't cover together in this episode today, feel free to drop me a tweet or a message on Instagram, and I will try and gather them all up and do another episode in the near future. Okay, let's go. So first of all, the question I probably get more than anything else, should I switch to a business slash creator account? And will it mean I have to pay for visibility? Will it reduce my engagement? Will the algorithm somehow smite me? I think there's a lot of scaremongering and misinformation out there about business accounts. And that's easy to understand when you remember that Facebook, when they introduced their business pages quite a long time ago now, it was really handled quite badly. People were forced to switch and then they saw their reach and their engagement absolutely plummet. But that is not the case from what we've seen with Instagram. And Instagram have been really really specific in categorically denying that there are any differences in how the different types of account are treated. So no less visibility, no less engagement, no less reach. And now I know that obviously this is Facebook and a lot of people are justifiably sceptical of anything they say. But in all of my dealings over the years with Instagram HQ, with Instagram representatives, I would say that when they don't want to tell you something... They find a way of very carefully wording it so that they are kind of telling you the truth from a certain point of view. They're always super careful about the wording of these denials. Um, So if we think about the shadow ban, for example, which we're going to talk about in a little while, they were very careful in the way they denied it existed that meant that when it eventually came out that they were implementing this new functionality, they could say, well, that doesn't go against what we said. And with all of the times that they've talked about business accounts to me, to others, anything I've ever heard, I've never heard that kind of weasel wording going on. It's always been categoric. No, we're not treating those accounts any differently. And right now we have no plans to do so. I've seen the evidence. So I recommend to all of the students who take my classes that it is worth switching to business accounts. And we don't see any drop in engagement. We don't see any drop in reach. In fact, we're seeing the opposite because we're working very specifically to increase those things. Of course, there's always going to be anecdotal evidence to the contrary. And everyone's experience is different. But I, it's that kind of thing where, you know, if, if a black cat walks in front of you and you think that's unlucky, then for the rest of the day, you've got that kind of confirmation bias going on where everything bad that happens, you're like, well, that's the black cat. And I think we can do that quite easily with social media. So we can make a simple change, like switching to a business account and then blame any poor performance that happens in the resulting few days on that change when perhaps it would have happened anyway so my line on this is always if you think you would benefit from the additional tools of a business or a creator account please don't be frightened to make the switch I've made the switch all of my students have made the switch and we are all still thriving and telling the tale and if you're a business Instagram is already going to know that they can already tell from all sorts of different things so you're not going to be hiding you're not fooling anybody you might as well take advantage of what's on offer Okay the next question I got was from Instagram and someone said quote and text posts are becoming really popular will I miss the boat if I don't join in? My answer to this is a big no. It's such a normal and understandable instinct and the increasing engagement that text posts are getting is such a great thing for so many people because in the past we know they actually underperformed on Instagram as a general rule. I think it tells us a lot of very interesting things about how people's usage of Instagram is evolving and possibly even the audiences on Instagram are starting to change. But here's the thing. If text posts, whatever they look like, are not you, if they're just not your thing, and if you don't have words that you are just desperate to share with your audience in that way, then you're not going to be missing out on anything by not doing them. I think about, do you remember when slime was the huge thing on Instagram, handmade slime and it was the biggest trend but did any of us worry that we were missing out on the slime trend like did you think crap if i if i don't put some slime on my gallery i'm going to be missing out on all this growth there are so many niches and trends and things that perform and none of us can spend all of our time tapping into all of them If we did that, we would have no identity left and we would alienate all of the followers who are here for what we do and for what makes us specifically uniquely us. So if you want to play around with text posts, if that feels interesting to you, then by all means do. But don't do it just because it feels like you should. Instagram isn't like snakes and ladders where one false move means that you're going to lose. There are multiple ways to win and everything is always moving together. Kind of like chess I want to say not a big chess player but I think so (laughs) okay next question should I use a link tree in my bio this one came in via twitter and it was actually really timely because I'd just been writing about link trees for my 15 minute magic program this week it's one of the tasks we're going to be doing together so a link tree a bio link it's a mobile optimized menu usually that you share on your social media profiles as your URL, and it directs people to all the other places that they might want to check out your work. So link trees, because it has lots of branches, and it can often link to different parts of the web. So the advantage of a link tree is that it reduces the number of clicks anyone has to do to find what they want from your content. So to take a really simple example, if they wanted to go to your blog to find your latest blog post, if you just had your URL in there, they might have to click onto the blog menu and then they might have to click onto the next onto the most recent posts, and then they might have to click on the blog post itself, and that's three clicks. And as a general rule, with every click, you're gonna lose people, people are gonna drop off. Every barrier that people hit is gonna reduce the number of people who make it to the eventual finish line. So a link tree can reduce those barriers and increase through traffic. It's also really helpful if you don't have a website or if you want to signpost people to different things all over the web, so your Twitter, your Pinterest, your YouTube, something you've read that you want to share, it doesn't have to be your own content. The most common way I tend to see people setting these up is with um, an application called Linktree. It has a free version and a premium version. I'm not a huge fan of external link trees for a couple of reasons. One, it is so easy to set one up for yourself. I know on Squarespace and on... WordPress at least it's super duper easy and it's free and it's yours forever which means you also get to brand it as your own and make people feel like it's an extension of your Instagram or of your website or both and also you are capturing that traffic straight away so people are coming directly to your web page if you're using Google Analytics that's really helpful and again it's one less click. Also I think it's a little bit confusing when you see someone's url in their instagram profile for example and it says linktree instead of saying their own personalized url a little bit less professional maybe and finally i don't know if any of you remember but there was a couple of occasions last year when instagram blocked all linktree urls as spam which meant nobody's links were working in their profiles and if you're relying on that to send people to your work or to buy your products that can be a big deal so if you're on Squarespace, I will stick in the show notes, a tutorial I found that makes it really simple to create your own Linktree page. If you're on WordPress, which I am, I use a free plugin called BioLinks, which makes it super easy. Okay, next question, shadow bands. So someone asked me, am I shadow band? Someone else was like, are shadow bands still a thing? Were they ever a thing? So I think it's always good to clarify. Shadowban was the colloquial name that we, the Instagram users, ended up applying to a piece of very intentional functionality that Instagram set up. Now, the reason for setting it up was not to punish any of us or to limit the visibility of any of our posts. It was quite specifically in response to The Facebook, US election scandal, Russian interference. We saw all of the social media platforms take steps to protect themselves or protect their users, depending on your point of view. So Twitter really cut down on the kind of posts you could automate, the things you could schedule, how many times you could repeat the same thing. They were really cutting back on how bots were used. And Instagram implemented this feature very quietly. So what it does is, if a profile is suspected to be violating any of Instagram's terms and conditions, it quietly limits who can see that profile. It sort of ring fences it, so it means that anyone who already follows them is assumed to be aware of the kind of content they're sharing and choosing to see it so they can continue to see it. But everybody else has no way of finding them. So you're not going to stumble across it by accident on Explore or via search or via hashtags so if you imagine it being sort of terrorist messaging or pornography or something promoting eating disorders, the kind of things that we've seen Instagram really trying to crack down on, I think it makes a lot more sense. And the way they determine whether or not some content is problematic is is based on whether or not it's been reported and whether or not it's been removed. So if you've ever had a post removed from Instagram, the most common experience I hear about from you guys is when someone's maybe posted a picture of a kid in the bath and someone's complained and had the picture removed. Instagram, it's an automated service. No human has even reviewed that picture. It's just been scanned by the AI. It's been determined to have nudity in it and it's been removed. And you are then placed into a 14-day shadow ban. So for 14 days after that infraction, is that the right word? Infraction? (laughs) For 14 days after that infraction, nobody outside of your following will see any of your posts or be able to find any of your posts unless they type your profile name in directly to go to your page. It's annoying, uh, especially if it's applied unnecessarily. But most people will find it's not affecting them. There are a few exceptions here that we need to talk about. So number one, if you are using an app that tracks who unfollows you, so not how many unfollows you get, those ones are okay, but the ones that tell you specifically the names of the people who are not following you back or who have recently unfollowed you, then you are quite likely to get shadow banned or already be shadow banned. Those apps go directly against Instagram's terms of service. They didn't used to. It used to be okay no longer okay for the last couple of years and what i'm seeing a lot of is people who are using those apps are sometimes have been shadow banned continuously for quite a long time because every time their account gets scanned it picks up that they're using this app that's against the terms and conditions and so their visibility is reduced the fix to that should be really simple just revoke permissions from the app get rid of it it's better for your mental health anyway Follow the people that you want to follow instead of trying to play this game of, well, if they like me, then I'll like them. And your account should be restored within 14 days. Now, occasionally, and it's very occasional and I don't want anyone to panic, but occasionally something happens and after the 14 days, your shadow ban is not lifted. And you will know it's not lifted or you'll know if you're shadow banned by a couple of things. So the easiest way to check this is to apply a completely unique hashtag to some of your posts, something that you're certain has never been used before, like the name of your first pet and your favorite kind of pasta. (laughs) Stick that onto some of your posts and then switch to an incognito browser or a different browser where you're not signed into Instagram and search for that hashtag and see if your posts come up. If you see them, then all is good. If they're not showing up and it's been a few minutes and there's been time for the service to catch up, then it's quite likely that you're shadow banned. And if that continues for more than 14 days, then you might have been caught in this glitch where the shadow ban does not automatically lift. If that's you, the first thing to do is to check all of the apps that have permission to access your Instagram. You can do that. You need to log in via the desktop, but go into your settings and you'll be able to see it in your Instagram account and you can revoke their access from anything that you don't recognize it's a good housekeeping thing for everyone to do to be honest and while you're there please turn on two-factor authentication which will stop you from getting hacked and if that doesn't fix it within 14 days then you might need to try reaching out to instagram now anyone who's ever tried to contact facebook or instagram help knows it's a little bit like shooting in the dark is that is that the expression that's what it's like sometimes you'll hit and you'll get a response A lot of the time you'll completely miss and hear nothing back. But don't be disheartened, don't give up, keep getting in touch. You just need to get through to one of the people who can help you. It's a really simple reset they can do in your profile. If you are still struggling, send me a message and I can help take a look at it with you as well. Okay, so next I had lots of questions about hashtags. Are they still worth using? How many hashtags should I be using? Why is their reach so unpredictable? So hashtags used to be one of the most reliable ways to bring new audiences to your work. If you didn't hashtag, it was essentially like setting your account to private because discovery was going to be minimal. As Instagram has grown in popularity, and then sheer volume of content available in the app has reached new massive proportions they've had to be creative about the different ways that they allow users to showcase their work so that everybody can reach the people they're trying to connect with so we've now seen the introduction of algorithms to the hashtag feed as well that applies to both the recents and the top picks kind of the ones that you land on initially and also to the top nine if you're seeing those everybody's hashtag algorithm is individualized. So what I see under a tag might be completely different to what you see. That said, good, strong content is most likely to appear under hashtags for everybody, especially if you're using smallish tags, which give you longer windows of visibility. So this is another great example of Instagram's careful wording that I mentioned earlier. So their official line is that you will not be penalized for using up to the full 30 hashtags. You can get away with posting 30 hashtags on a post, any more than that and it won't let you post them and they say that they won't penalize you for using the full 30 but they also say most people shouldn't really need to use more than 10 to 12 because after that they get less relevant so what's the translation I think it is that if there are genuinely 30 super relevant tags that you can use for your post then go ahead and use them but the more you mix them up the more you dilute that focus the more irrelevance you bring in the less impactful and useful they're likely to be. So not penalised, but it's probably not to your advantage either. This is why I always encourage everyone to set up themed hashtag lists. We do this in my course, but you can just do it in your phone notes. There are apps that will manage it for you. All the different topics, all the different subjects that you tend to post about, stick them in one place, gather them together. You can use the autocorrect on your phone so that you just type the name of that list and they will automatically populate into your Instagram caption for you if you're feeling fancy. But keep them as concise and as relevant as you can don't just copy and paste the same things day after day after day. Relevance is really key here and hashtags can evolve and change fairly quickly if you're not keeping an eye on them. So I send out a free newsletter once a month, hopefully most of you are already on that list, but if you're not you can head to my website. Every month you'll get around 10 hashtags that are seasonally or topically appropriate, things that are interesting to join in with and you can add those to your hashtag list to just keep them fresh it's a great reminder once a month to just update those the reason hashtag reach is so variable for most people now really comes down to a couple of factors so which hashtags you used how active people are on those hashtags because let's remember just because a hashtag has an awful lot of people using it doesn't mean it has a lot of people going to its page and looking at what's been posted under it or following it which means that they will see posts under the hashtag in their home feed. Figuring this out is mostly just a game of trial and error. You'll start to recognise certain topics, certain themes, certain tags are bringing you more traction. But it also really hinges on the performance of the post as well. So if a post is performing well with your existing audience, it's more likely to reach people through hashtags. This is why I need a six-week course to talk about all things Instagram, because you start to see it all kind of interlinks it overlaps and just targeting one thing on its own like just targeting hashtags or just targeting captions doesn't bring about the great results because you need to have all the different strands working together okay so someone on twitter asked about tips for product based businesses they are a coffee producer and she said i don't want to bore people with pictures of our products and as we just do coffee there is only so many cups of coffee i can share our engagement is way down and i'd love more ideas on the type of posts that we could share to boost engagement Um, coffee and kin I know you got some awesome responses to this just from Mm. marketing twitter people were chiming in with so many amazing suggestions which is just another great reason I really do think it's worth being on twitter but I thought it was still worth talking about here because I know that's the kind of question that we talk about such a lot with people when they're starting the insta retreat a lot of the time especially for product-based businesses we can fall into the trap of being too specific so here it's like you zooming right in onto the coffee as your focus and you're forgetting all the other stories and all the other beautiful texture that's going on around you in your business so one of the key things that we start with in the insta retreat is figuring out what value you are offering to your audience what is worth a time what can you give them that they can take away from your post into their day and it can be a feeling, it can be an idea, it could be some new knowledge, some understanding, some inspiration, just a joke. It's wide open and it only has to be the tiniest of things. Like, I'm not saying every Instagram post needs to change somebody's life, but I always start by asking who are your customers? And once you really know that, then you can pretty easily guess what's going to be valuable to them. So maybe that's a playlist of coffee shop music or a recipe for a cake that goes really well with coffee. Or it might be tips and tutorials on how to make their coffee in the best way or store their coffee in the best way. Or it could be myth busting or it could be the product story in about how your products are fair trade or how they go on the journey from where they're created to being bagged and put out for sale. Once you have that list and you can just brainstorm like a whole page of ideas, then you can go through it and find all the things that are best suited to be delivered via Instagram. Because not everything will be. Some things will be better for your newsletter or for a blog post or for a podcast. Some things are just going to sit really easily on your Instagram. And this is true for everyone, whether you are a business or not. What can you share with the world that is genuinely valuable? What will people save? What will people send to a friend? Maybe they'll come back to it again. It's probably not just a pretty simple picture of a cup of coffee and like a happy Monday caption. But it might be 10 top tips to avoid a bitter brew or a step-by-step guide to using a stovetop espresso maker properly, for example. Both of those things get to feature your coffee, but the latter two are also going to showcase your expertise, they're going to engage your audience, they're going to tell more of your story, and they're going to encourage sharing beyond that initial reach of your followers. And that's basically the secret to finding traction anywhere online. Okay, and really great question that I was really pleased someone asked was, I'd like to understand if there are easier ways to caption all types of stories, IGTV, and also how best to use alt text in the photos. So the easiest way that I know of for captioning is to use a captioning app. There are plenty available in your respective app store. The downside of those is, of course, they do have a margin of error. And that margin gets quite big if you have a strong accent, if you're not a US English speaker, because that's where most of them were programmed. But... I think if it's a choice between using an app like that or not captioning at all, which for a lot of people that is the choice you're facing, if you've done something like an IGTV with lots of talking, you may not have the time to go through and add captions manually to all of that, then I think it's worth using. Mistakes and all. Obviously it's important for folks with hearing impairments and for deaf people, as well as anyone who just can't turn their sound on at the time, like I'm often on my phone next to all or waiting for her to fall asleep. Now, alt text is different. That is especially useful for anyone with a visual impairment or someone who's blind and using Instagram. I think sometimes people are surprised to hear that people with visual impairments are using Instagram, but actually blind people are using social media just as much as everybody else. And the technology that most people will be using is a screen reader. So it's something that pulls all of the text and alt text, so kind of hidden text from a page, and uses that to read through the content that's in front of them. So alt text is a setting you can add when you are uploading a post and it changes the description that is applied to your image invisibly. So sighted people using the app won't see it, but anyone using a screen reader and also certain types of search engine might pick up on that text and be able to use it meaningfully. If you don't enter one, Instagram tends to create its own based on what it thinks is in the picture from its AI scanning, which is spookily accurate, But it will miss out a lot of the things like feeling and mood and tone. So it's always nice to add your own. And if all of that's not incentive enough, we do know that alt text is commonly used by search engines to rank and to sort content. So think about if you've got a blog, the alt text a lot of us apply to our images. I kind of think of alt text as a bit like trying to add keywords to your images. And on Instagram, I suspect that might have an impact for how Instagram's algorithms and search engines reference posts. I know some people also add an alt description underneath their caption too. Um, My understanding is that this is for anyone with a screen reader that doesn't support the Instagram alt text, but I couldn't find any data on how common that is. Certainly the screen reading tech, I am familiar with from my previous work handles native alt text fine but also while we're on the subject as a heads up those custom fonts that a lot of people use you might see them in people's bios to make your font look italicized or bold they are custom characters and they are not legible by screen readers either okay next question is the algorithm still weird (laughs) I've heard lots of stories of getting lots of engagement in the past and now nothing Well, the algorithm is always weird, or it's never weird, I suppose, depending on your perspective. There are a few key takeaways I think everyone needs to grasp about how the algorithm on Instagram works. Number one, it doesn't hate you. (laughs) It's surprising how many of us feel like it's personal. It's just a series of sorting exercises aiming to show everyone the most interesting and valuable content for their own unique interests and search history and in-app behavior. And some of those ways that it determines that can be a little bit weird. Like, for example, if somebody has commented on your last post or during a recent live that you did, it's going to assume that they're more interested in you and so be more likely to show them the next time you post. And if that same person saw all of those things but quickly moved on, and didn't engage with whatever you were sharing, even if that's just because they were busy, even if they were just having a bad day, the algorithm assumes that's because they're not interested in your content and is less likely to show them what you post next. So that's great news if you have recently posted a super high-performing piece of engaging content. It's less good news if you've had a series of underperforming posts or are sharing something that doesn't engage all of your audience at once. And so it's actually really easy to wind up in this situation where your usual regulars, the people who might normally be engaging with your posts, are not even being shown your latest work. So this is why for everyone who is in my Insta Retreat class, we spend such a lot of time looking at the factors that make images and captions really engaging. So that if someone sees you and lands on you, they're more likely to see you again in future. Because even with all of the strategies at your disposal, sometimes it's going to still go awry, And sometimes we need to talk about more niche topics or share more niche images and not be frightened that we're going to sink our account in the process. So I think knowing how to bring out the big guns and give yourself a big engagement booster when you really want it is a very valuable tool to have in your Instagram toolkit. Okay, this one from Russell said, I'm in the process of transitioning from student to full-time designer. And what do people want to see that adds value as I've fallen in the trap of sharing interiors that I like whilst I build my portfolio? And it's making my grid look samey. So value, again, Russell's just hit right on it. Exactly like the coffee company we talked about earlier. So what's valuable to the people you want to reach? And bonus here is it's going to be the things that happen to brilliantly showcase your expertise. So while there is definitely some value in a well-curated page of interiors inspiration, for sure, like that's why we love Pinterest... It doesn't really tell them anything about you or give them that compelling reason to work with you above all the other people whose work you're actually featuring. And I think that's the missing piece here. And obviously that's hard to do when you don't have a big portfolio of images to draw on. So here's some things that you could try specifically, Russell. You could do simple tips so in text format or talking to camera or with a photo and just use the caption. You could share those same inspiration pictures that you're already sharing but make it into a carousel and so have the inspo picture on the first slide and then feature a few products that you found on the following slides and details of where people can buy them so that they can create the look for themselves. You could analyse one of those inspiration pictures in your caption and talk about why it works and draw people's attention to all the different elements that only a designer is going to spot. You could make mood boards for different kinds of looks and share those. You could share creative ways that people have overcome tricky areas that your audience might be struggling with with their interiors, like giant ugly TVs or oddly shaped rooms. And you could either collect examples of people who've done it well, or maybe you could do some quick and simple tricks at home to show people different ways of styling something. I'm not an interior designer, so I don't know how well any of those fit with what you do, but hopefully you're getting the idea that there's so many ways that you can showcase your skills, and none of them require you having already got the finished product. This is so true, especially for service-based businesses. You can start sharing your product now because your product is you, your knowledge and skills. So just share what you know. Okay, this is turning into a longer episode than I planned, so I'm going to leave it here for today and come back to some more questions another time. So if you want to send me any Instagram questions, you can ping them over. I'm at me and Orla on Instagram, I'm me and Orla on Twitter, or you can leave a comment on the show notes of this episode, which will be at uk forward slash podcast 84.